Welcome to the Too Vague Podcast. I'm Phoenix. I'm Jenna. And we're here to talk about religion today. Jenna, how are you? I'm doing pretty great. How about you, Phoenix? I'm doing pretty dope. I'm super excited. Me too. This is going to be fun. It is. Jenna and I talk very, very... Well, we have very good conversations. I'll say that. Yeah, period. I agree. We have a good discourse going. We do. About, At all times. Yeah. Serious and non-serious topics. Yeah. Or, you know... It gets very colloquial sometimes. Period. It does. It really does. We have some questions that we're going to discuss today. About Um, religion. Yeah. And then... Impressed by Ben. Yeah. You know, what's it called? We have very different religious backgrounds. We do. I would say, you know. I came from a religious home or... (laughs) That's a lie. Um, I didn't have any uh, background in religion. I'm just you know, here. I think I'm very curious about it. And Jenna. I super Catholic till I was like 18. Now I'm agnostic and I have pink hair and like five tattoos. She's so, so emo. you know, I'm like, and I listen to like Pierce the Veil. I don't know if any of you listen to Pierce the Veil, but so emo, hardcore metal rock, you know. And that's how we became friends. The metal rock. Yeah, exactly. The no. metal, it's the metal Jenna rock was like, for me. I want to dye my hair pink. And I said, amazing. Yep. Now I have pink I said, hair. let's be friends. I know. Now my parents hate it. They're yeah, g- I, I can't wait to go home for Christmas. And then they look at me and they're like. We're going to buzz your head. I know. I go to public university for three months and I come back and. Tatted up. Yup. Hair difference. At least she doesn't have any piercings. I mean, I have some in my ears. But like, you know. I mean, like piercings, like facial piercings, body piercings. Oh, yeah. I don't think I'm resilient enough to sit through that type of pain. You it's know? literally not even as bad as a tattoo. Mm, it just like rocks your world for a little second. That's subjective, baby girl. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. The first question we have in relation to religion that we are going to discuss is there are numerous instances of violence and wars occurring in the names of religious beliefs. But what are the benefits of organized religion? Initial thoughts off um, of that? Initial thoughts. I I disagree with, I mean, holy wars. Like, it's not, it's not my jam. Um, I, I don't know. Organized religion, I feel like, just allows for so much brainwashing, which Jenna and I will get into later. But, um, like, Jenna's point of view, she was like, I feel very brainwashed. And, like, I agree that I just feel like organized religion can definitely do that to you because it's believing in one person and being like, I'm a prophet of God. Like, it just doesn't sit well with me. And then them being like, I'm going to instigate violence on that same concept, you know, like you never know people's true intentions. And so as someone who doesn't come from religion and who doesn't have any like experience really like being in that situation, I feel like it's a really easy way to brainwash people and take advantage of the fact that they're like putting their hope out into the world. You know what I mean? So manipulating people. I get that. Into being like, you have to fight for this cause or else God's not going to love you or you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not that that's what they say, but that's just like a really vague example. Um, I just don't agree with that like principle. See, I see this is the thing. It's because I have experience being super devoutly Catholic and I was involved in organizations. There are definitely some things that have a, some good at- good intent, but don't necessarily have that like mission trips. Like I was saying, I've been on a mission trip and that was just like super white savior complex, like right. so privileged of me to like mm-hmm. think that I was actually doing something and like not have any actual valid education in it or Mm -hmm. like experience doing anything like that and I wasn't gonna like stay there for a super long period of time either to like make sure my difference was sought out so that definitely the intent I guess is there but I mean also it's like not I mean when it comes to like donating money and those type of things like I went to a small catholic liberal arts university my freshman year of college for a year 
and I was in a club called Students for Life. And the thing is, is since it's a Catholic university, obviously they're pro-life. So they, you know, don't support abortion. But what they would do is they would donate food and blankets and all of these things to children's foster centers and stuff that they needed that Mm -hmm. like they weren't getting funding for. Which I thought that that was cool because it's like, okay, if you're going to say that you're pro-life, you need to be pro-foster care system. Right. And they were saying that the foster care system's wrong. But since it's only a small group of college students, they were doing what they could by taking the money that they got and putting it towards that. Which, like, that was a good intent, I would say. Like, they had some intent there. But also, it's like the whole idea of being pro-life is already problematic in itself. Right. So, I the idea in some sense is wrong they put monetary compensation into places that like mm-hmm. maybe it does help in some sense yeah i understand that to a certain extent i mean like organizations like that i i don't really feel like they need to be religious but we're just using that now because that's what we're talking about um and like that's a good cause i'm not gonna say that's a bad cause but like you said being pro-life in and of itself i feel like that's the real discussion there like yeah. that's the that's the problematic thing because you can't be pro-life and then not want to take care of the kids in the foster care system but then the group of people who are like i'm pro-life don't you also put can't their be money towards necessarily it. pro-life and pro women's rights in yeah. some regard well I yeah mean, because you're taking it's a bunch of people that are deciding what you can do individually yeah. to your body and your reproductive yeah. system and when i was practicing catholic and i was at that university i remember my argument was okay well i'm pro-life for me like if i, I would never get an abortion personally because i believe in this but also it's not my place to tell women what they should do with their bodies. So in that sense, I'm pro-choice. Right. You know what I mean? That was my argument in that. Putting your beliefs on other people, if I were to have said, oh, well, everybody should be pro-life because God, X, Y, and Z, that's where it's Yeah, it's that's where okay. my grievance comes in with it too, is like, oh, I'm, I'm pro-life for myself. Okay, then you're pro-choice. either way especially if you're like i don't want to make that decision for other people like that still means that you're pro-choice and i feel like a lot of quote-unquote republicans religious people they're like like they're like oh well i don't want the murder of babies to happen so i'm gonna vote this way instead you know what i mean and like politically speaking but you're you're still pro-choice because you want to have the choice to bear that child if they were telling you if Democrats are forcing the narrative down your throat that you have to get an abortion, you know what I mean? The pro-lifers would be in the right to like have that, you know, position of oppression um, and be oppressed and not have their rights. Like, I really want to have a baby. You know what I mean? But that's not the case. Like, yeah. you need to not need to. But people should like understand that. Like, you're still making a choice for yourself and you don't have the right to make that choice for other people. Yeah. And even if you think that you know better because you're more enlightened or something, I think that's such that goes back to the white savior complex yeah like that just bothers me well it's all in the sense too of oh well, what does god want and what does the bible say but i mean it's been proven that the bible has been changed by other people like yeah. i know there's been talk that the word homosexual was put in in place of um i want to say pedophile yeah it was. yeah exactly so that's another thing is that creates homophobia where it's like did the bible was the bible even homophobic because it was pushed i think in like the it was some 70s i think it was like the 1870s yeah i don't really remember specifically what the year was but i know that and as another translation the it was meant for like men not to be pedophilic to young boys Mm -hmm. and so that's what the translation originally was like don't you know 
rape young boys essentially and then they changed it to oh just don't be gay and that's not even the case yeah that's a very different thing if we're also talking about harm that religion has done we could also even talk about colonization and that whole i took a christian a history of christianity class i think i've talked about it before um but yeah that class my professor was pretty subjective in the sense that she didn't really she was catholic but she didn't like push that on anybody and we talked we read a lot of the stuff like Vasco da Gama and like all the papers about you know how American indigenous people were like all these names and how they were brutes and they were bloody and okay it's like but in philosophical because I am that philosophy major it's like where's the threshold for that makes your opinions right and somebody else is wrong right you know what I mean and then using God as that placeholder when not everybody believes in God because you can't apply that belief to people that don't believe in it absolutely there's a different level there's a inequality that's being created yeah, so right. it's definitely obviously that is a big one you know yeah. what i mean i mean you can talk about people coming over like from england and then colonizing you know what i mean like the united states for example yeah. like it was just so violent and so bloody all the time and even like the movement west like that was one of the most like bloody pillages i feel like americans ever created you know what i mean because they were just tearing through native american tribes as they were moving out west to like move to oregon and stuff like that and so like even though like tribes on like the west coast you know what i mean um of native americans were like not affected as soon as the ones on the east coast were it still was like a movement of people you know what i mean that came yeah. and destroyed and they tore up like a whole like section like a no, well part of all life. this violence too it's like it comes from extremists yeah. so obviously it's like if you have too much of something it creates a negative because yeah. the whole idea of colonialism or colonization even being perpetuated was because at the end of the bible jesus says go out and do like you know basically spread my word and blah 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 blah, blah the whole thing right right so i mean extremists take that and they go okay well we're going to colonize all of this whole area and then we're going to kill everybody that doesn't agree with us that's and kill all the people that don't want to hear the word and don't believe in yeah it, basically. exactly so i mean even like america being super christian centric that's harmful you know yeah. what i mean like can also relate it to the puritans and them being murderers all the time they were like you're a witch you're a witch and then they just wanted to like go and everyone that could sin like relatively you know what i mean you can yeah what is that the crucible oh yeah. yeah you know what i'm talking about i know what you're like, talking about the crucible about. is like a prime literary example <laughs> yeah. of just like puritans tearing through and being like everybody die because you don't agree with this or i don't like you so mm -hmm. god is gonna smite you down you know what i mean puritan culture is definitely so extremism yeah so extremist like puritans <laughs> were the extremists of the you know christian movement yeah to come over here not cool you know not cool at all <laughs> agree so there i mean there are some positives i would say i mean if you think about like christian community when you do have that willful ignorance where you're kind of like you don't really know that the stigma that it creates, you're not aware of it. Like for me, I grew up in that super Christian Catholic area and that was all I knew. And I went to private school my whole life. So that was all I knew. That's all I thought was correct. So, I mean, having a community like my high school, like years when I didn't have a good relationship with my parents and I did have that community to fall back on, it really helped me a lot. But also at the same time, it made me depressed because it made me suppress like me being bisexual it made me suppress that part of myself and it made me have some form of self-hatred you know what i mean so maybe there isn't really a positive i mean there are some what like we have to like look up like i mean you also can say like 
this is not necessarily a positive, but I was just going to say like you being super sheltered, like you were, we were talking about that the other day is being super sheltered from like homelessness and stuff like that. Like living in San Diego, you know what I mean? Living in urban areas, you see more so of that. And it like, when you grow up in an area like that, you know what I mean? You don't really get to see a whole lot of the world. So you don't understand like all of the bad things that come. Well, yeah. And and that's what I'm saying though is what positives like, dude, we have to look up, like, do they donate to any like good organizations like the church? I know the church is like pro climate crisis. Like they believe that the climate crisis is wrong and they're siding with like Greta Thunberg and like all of that. So I guess that would be a positive because if you have such control over a mass of people what you say is going to matter more like I mean, the pope but like from a moral position it's a little bit easier like we don't have to google stuff i would say from a moral position like organized religion is beneficial because it allows it allows people to feel like they are connected it allows people to have some sense of purpose it allows people you know what i mean it empowers a lot of people mm-hmm. and like i think that's why practicing like religious folks are you know, like they they feel like they're like they feel like they're in a community, and yeah. I feel like sense of community is really important in organized religion. Um, feeling like you always have leaders to go to. I know that you said that you like would go talk to um, pastors all the time. Well, yeah, because I was close with all of them. Like yeah, that was my family like, for so long. Yeah, and that's but that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. So that community can be good. You know what I mean? And you get that validation from yeah, the church too. Yeah, exactly. And then it just depends. It's I guess it's a matter of what the people that are in charge are choosing to put their put their coins in and everything because people the people that are following them are going to see that yeah and that's going to affect things you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's gonna create like a tide a tide effect yeah you know i feel like both of us have such a negative connotation with like religion it's and so we we just went down that route (laughs) and the question was definitely to be more positive (laughs) but i mean objectively speaking i think that organized religion allows for people to feel included and welcomed and it's like you know, like the the Christian thing. Um, I'm from Seattle, back in Washington, which is like everyone is welcome with open arms, and this was like well, every single. Church. I think it's the whole thing that God loves everyone is like yeah. the main thing. Maybe not necessarily like the community is super accepting because mm-hmm. that isn't always necessarily the case. But it's like that's the okay, principle they like yeah, invite people on. But if those people aren't being that way, then it's like okay, then they're just a jerk, and yeah. like God still accepts me and loves me. So yeah. it's having that supernatural being always being on your side or always having somebody in your corner yeah that would make people feel good That's you true. know what i mean that whole idea especially yeah. if you don't have anybody you know yeah. so but i mean we also have to like i don't know like on a worldly basis like on a global scale mm-hmm. what does religion contribute that's good that's that's kind of where i'm kind of struggling a little you know i mean like on a more worldly level you can this is the first example that came to my head. I'm sorry. Buddhism has a lot of, it has a lot like more positive aspects and outlooks on life. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it is what it is. Essentially, I'm sorry to anybody that I'm just paraphrasing your religion in. Yeah. But yeah, it's basically, you know what I mean? And just going with the flow of life and like having those challenges and understanding that some things are hard and some things are not as hard. But like you have to work towards, you know what I mean? A greater, like a higher power, a higher self. Mm-hmm. And I think like that has a lot to do with people. Um, when you compare like, buddhist and hinduism and christianity you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i know that like in hinduism there's several different gods you know what i mean like hundreds of them so it's in that case like you worshiping one god or your family worshiping one god and that god blessing your family with like whatever you're worshiping them for yeah you know what i mean like wealth or um fertility and stuff like that like or beauty um i think that that's 
I mean, I think that's a good thing to have faith in those I mean, kinds of things. Yes, but also like I hate to bring up another negative, mm-hmm. but in that it's like, aren't you like discrediting modern science and medicine? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like, dang, it, this is a paradox essentially. Like it is. for every positive, there's a negative aspect. It's like you try to do good, but then since it's on the basis of belief, it's so subjective and that it can't positively ap- affect everybody, yeah. you know? So it's kind of like, what is actually... Like, the downside of hinduism can is we, the caste system yeah like can we definitively answer this probably not you know probably not, but no. maybe that's why the question uh, was created <laughs> yeah maybe it was why it was super open-ended but i mean i don't know it's good and bad on all the sides and i mean overall i think organized religion is more harmful than helpful i don't mean to be an ass I mean, but i'm just like, saying yeah. it just is like the way that the two of us came up with so many negatives off the bat and the question was literally to be positive Ugh. like that just shows well it, like we also are biased i mean like i, I mean already... we're biased but also at the same time like it's not like we can't answer a question directly that's very fact you know what i mean yeah. and so like the fact that it was presented in that way and our initial response was to be like oh I feel like it would be more meaningful too if like we were to ask a religious person that's currently practicing their what they think is the posi- positive aspects mm-hmm. that their religion or you know religion in general as a whole brings to the table without bringing up their subjective view of how God plays a role into it. You know right. what I mean? Like how globally it is affecting like the world positively mm-hmm. without bringing any type of like well, God's going to save everyone. Like, no, let's not talk about that part. Let's talk about like on a level scale, you know, like to everybody where Mm -hmm. everyone can share it, you know, because like an atheist is not going to care about that or an agnostic is not (laughs) going to care about about that. that. Yeah, exactly. So, So, you know, how can everyone be like, yep, that's a positive. You know, I don't think anyone can because religion in itself is individualistic and subjective. Everyone's has their own relationship with God or, you know, is on their own path to enlightenment and it's a learning curve for everybody that's how religion is i guess you know so it's mm-hmm. kind of like can there be like a definitive answer right like nah <laughs> no not really yeah okay so question two is discuss things in life you have experienced that cannot be explained by science would you consider these religious events why or why not um jenna hmm. you go first because i went first okay so i mean i have experienced quite a few things in my short life thus far that i guess are not it cannot be explained by science i mean i growing up when i started when i was like 11 my childhood house i would see like spirits and things and it was nothing like ever menacing but i would just like see it and my 12 year old 11 year old brain was like just like oh it's i'm conscious that it's there and it would kind of just look like a shadow but it would bring a really weird feeling to me and then i talked to my aunt and she told me that like women in our family have been able to see spirits and i don't i religious events i feel like it has to it it only is religious if you want it to be religious it again is like subjective like you only bring that meaning to it if you choose to like for me now that i'm not religious anymore back when i was religious i did bring that meaning to it but now that i'm out of that and i am agnostic i kind of say like okay well the universe i feel that i know for sure the universe or the world or whatever we're living in has some metaphysical spiritual side to it like there's a coin like it's on the other side of this coin and i'm currently physical and i'm a human so i'm on one side of it so maybe it's not to me to understand that other side of this 
big paradox we're living in. You know what I mean? That makes sense. That's kind of my view on it. That's why I'm, I say I'm agnostic because I feel like there is something out there, but also it's not within the capacity of my minuscule little brain to fully understand it. Right. And also if there was a supernatural natural being, why would he care about me or he or she? Why would, why would they care about me? I mean, that's what we talked about. Our This literally ties right back into the words we just talked about with Ben individually. Yeah. Jenna does tarot and is into crystals. And I feel like tarot, you have to like believe to some extent. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. for it to be like any valid, type of meaningful you know or what anything, I mean? yeah. to like change your life in any type of way um but that's the same way with religion if you want to be quite honest um and like mine was zodiac and the way that i believe in zodiac and star signs and the way that they define people and character like and put people into a demographic essentially yeah but i mean also i feel like tarot is obviously like a man-made thing mm -hmm. like that i that i was i kind of use it as like a little mm -hmm. mantra thing you know it's kind of I believe in it to a certain extent, but I don't let it like rule my life. Right. Crystals and Zodiac, even though also I don't let crystals rule my life as well. Like I still go about my life as I, you know, please or whatever. I don't have anything defining me. But crystals and the Zodiac, since the Zodiac is that whole thing in, you know, with astronomy and how the tides and everything and like planets, it is something of nature. So I, again, I feel like it does have maybe a metaphysical side to it because if I, as a human living on this physical side of this realm, have experienced things that can't be proven by science definitively, I don't know, maybe the conclusion would be that I'm having some type of hallucination or something, or I don't know, I was like out of my mind or whatever. But the fact that I experienced multiple times and I vividly remember it and I was at a young age, I don't know. You know, it's kind of, maybe that's also a part of nature. You yeah. know, like they're all kind of intertwined somehow, you right. know, that's understandable. I've had so my like supernatural experience. I've had like pretty sure like pagan deities re reach out to me, not pagan deities, but just deities in general. Yeah. And like through my dreams and I've like and it, it's the same dream and we go to the same place and we meet and we have coffee and we talk mm -hmm. and we just talk about life and like my traumas and like why like why those things happened to me you know what i mean or like why i reacted a certain way and why i why i am the way i am now yeah um and so it's interesting to have those dreams and have them pick up in those same conversations every single time i go to sleep that is very strange and yeah. so it was literally like we'd be like okay bye see you tomorrow and then it was like going to have coffee with a friend again yeah and um like right before I would go to sleep, I would see jackal ears at the bottom of my bed and I have a cat and he would be hissing at said jackal ears. And this was like in the middle, like I was like lucid dreaming. Um, what are the jackal ears for again? Like um, the jackal ears are. Yeah. So the jackal ears are a representation of Anubis, kind of like the manager of souls, like the judger of souls. So basically when you go up to him, mm -hmm. like after your soul passes over the river or whatever, you go get judged, essentially, like what your life was like, how you contributed, were you bad or good. And they, in Egyptian mythology, there's this ritual where you, after you pass into the underworld, after you're buried or whatever, your soul goes to go get judged. And there's a heart and a feather, and they're on two sides of a scale, and there's a crocodile at the bottom. And if the feather is weighed down more, I'm pretty sure, and your heart goes up, then you're like good to go. If your heart is heavier than the feather, then you your heart gets eaten and you don't get to pass into the underworld and have and live a happy life. Your heart gets eaten by the crocodile that's sitting there. And so Anubis is kind of that representation, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's normally represented, it's a man with a jack, the head of a jackal and he has a staff and he stands there and he's 
You know what I mean? Um, so there would be jackal ears at the bottom of my bed and my cat would hiss at like Anubis. And it was just very strange because I was like, why? Cause he, it would wake me up more. It yeah. would make me more alert. And, um, then I would go to sleep fully and I would walk into this like empty room. It was maroonish. Oh, and have the a dream. table and I would have the coffee drink oh, and I would weird. sit with this guy. He's like huh. tall and skinny and, yeah. and we would talk. And then after I was having these dreams for like a couple weeks, he was like, yeah, my name's Hades. And I was like, huh? Mm-hmm. I was like, who? Yeah. And then you were um, like, um, I was, excuse me. I was, like, I, was, I was like, are you joking? I was yeah. like, because we just talked about all my past trauma. And he was like, yeah, this is the shadow work that you and I are going to do. Like to, yeah. so you can grow as a person. And I was like, oh my God. And so I started to freak out about it. So the dream stopped happening. Yeah. And then I told jenna about it and jenna yeah. was like you need to welcome she these things into me. your life and well, well and to be I, yeah. neutral about it and jenna was like you just need yeah. to be neutral or else like these things are not going to come your way your vibration will become different see yeah. this segues into my other spiritual encounter that i recently had last year where i kind of invited it but okay so i did this guided meditation that i found on the internet that i'd seen people talk about and whatever and it was you know meet your spirit guide and supposedly allegedly there's this spirit guide it's a person maybe that you've never met in your in your life and they are spiritually guiding you through your life and kind of like leading you in the direction you're supposed to be in etc etc um so i did this guided meditation i was like meet your spirit guide and it was kind of like you have to go into like this almost like in between realm of sleeping and being awake but you're like have your eyes I did it where I was laying down and I had my eyes closed and basically what I did is this voice is talking and you imagine it in your mind and it feels like you're making it up but the meditation that I did told you if it feels like you're making it up then that it's fine like just go with it and be neutral about it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I continued to do this and I was in this room and there were all these objects in my room and the the meditation lady or whatever her voice she was like okay, well, look up at the picture that you're looking at directly on the wall, and what do you see? And it was this picture my mom used to have above the piano of my mom, my grandma, and my great-grandma. And I'd never met my great-grandma. She died, like, way before I was born. But she basically took care of my mom. It was, like, was my mom's mom, essentially. Um, But I hadn't seen that picture in, like, maybe, like, 12 years since I was, like, a little kid. So I was like, yo, what? And I kind of freaked out. And then... I was walking around, all these things were in the room, there were these dogs that I saw that I'm guessing were hers, and then my great-grandma walked in, she was wearing a certain outfit, and she looked a certain way, and we talked for a little, and like, she kind of like, you know, told me all this stuff, and then I went, and I called my mom, and I told her about it, and my mom and my grandma started freaking out, because they were like, how do you even know any of that, like, because I guess the dogs I was seeing were like the dogs that she had Mm -hmm. before she died. And then like all the stuff that was in the room were things that she liked. And like, obviously there's no way I could have known that because they haven't told me any of that. And then I talked to my uncle and my uncle told me that, I mean, he lived through the Vietnam War and he's like been through hell. Um, But he told me that he sees those same type of spirits that I see, Mm -hmm. that he sees those too. But I told him like, I don't know, you have a lot more like you've had you know a lot of people that have passed away like that also could be something relating to that like how am i supposed to know you know what i mean that makes sense. so 
I mean, I don't, I, those definitely aren't scientific or can't be proved by science, I would say. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I, I have had, after I talked to Jenna about like welcoming dreams and being neutral, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I had another like same set of dreams, but they were with a different, like a deity. different deity. Yeah. And, um, I'm pretty sure it's Artemis. I don't want to self name, but I would, <laughs> I would walk into these woods and there would be a wolf and the wolf would stare at me and I would mm-hmm. stare at the wolf. And at first that was all that would happen. And then the wolf would not leave, but it was like the dream just ended. Yeah. And then, um, at first it was like little parts of my dreams that would happen. And then it became like a full blown dream. Like it was with Hades Yeah. and we would just walk through the woods and I was just, I went through a really, really like tumultuous breakup recently and um it like rocked my world it rocked my shit and you can ask any of my friends in my life that it really like turned my life upside down and so I was like just talking about my breakup like endlessly because I feel like I've talked about it with a lot of people um well yeah you're going through a lot yeah yeah it's all on your mind you know what I mean yeah and so I feel like I get like annoying but so I was telling this wolf all of the stuff that was happening in the breakup and I was like yeah I'm just sick of this and it was like all of my thoughts that were barred like free of any you know what I mean hesitations or any embarrassments and it just felt nice to talk about and I was talking about my other previous relationships with like sexual assault and um like being roofied and stuff like that and so like and like being abused so like those like themes you know what i mean were things that i would talk about all the time with Mm -hmm. this wolf i've just been having those dreams and that's it's been nice i feel a lot better about the stuff that's gone on in my life and like the wolf will talk back sometimes and give me like worldly advice or just be like okay well you know that like you weren't in a place to deserve that or you were too young to experience that and you have to like work with your inner child and work with like the part of you that's you know what I mean like a stronger woman and it's like oh like I I really should work on that I really should look at that like inner self you know yeah um so that's like my other spiritual experience I don't I don't really think that it's religious I'm not gonna say that just because I'm not at the point in the relationship with these deities that I can like do shadow work with them, you know what I mean? Yeah. And have that relationship. It's like, you can't really, I mean, but also though, the fact that you're like wanting to like be neutral to welcome these dreams back. Like, I mean, since mythology and those deities have something to do with mythology, do you think that it could be a form of practicing since you're wanting to accept it? You know what I mean? Like, I think it could be, but I also don't, we haven't like set terms. We haven't like that's true. talked about it explicitly. You know what I mean? It yeah. hasn't been like Hades. He was like, oh, this is the shadow work we're going to work on. Like you're going to work on yourself. You're going to work on your money. You're going to work on this. And I was like, that's a lot to work on. And like it. Um, and then I just got freaked out. And so we never actually started work. It wasn't like an agreement that we had. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And he was really chill about it. He just was like, yeah, I'm like it really was very excited. casual. Yeah. He was yeah, like, I'm yeah. really excited to help you be you you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and like that was something that was super super it's just struck a chord with me because i've never yeah. i've never just had someone that's like i'm here for you to work with you you know what i mean and it was like i feel like it was so much more personal than just a god yeah you know um like it's like a relationship god in name, there you know what yeah. i mean and like i know so much about greek gods and goddesses and mythology and like general and so knowing about their personalities and seeing those traits in those dreams just was like beyond me so maybe it is practicing you could yeah. say that but it's not like i go to sleep there's like to a gr- work with hades it's like a great yeah there's you know not like I mean? the the intent's not there but like you want you're not opposed to like it happening yeah, essentially no. if something is yeah. if something is there to be like i'm gonna help you be better for your life and your friends and those people around you and what you want to do and achieve and be mm-hmm. all for it because i know that i i don't know everything and um 
yeah guidance is guidance man you know like mm-hmm. and i there i just don't get bad vibes from these people mm-hmm. and I, I feel like i have a pretty good sense of good and bad vibes so for sure um yeah yeah i feel like with me though with like the crystals and the tarot and stuff i don't know i kind of just do it whenever i feel like i want to yeah so i wouldn't say that i'm necessarily practicing i mean mm-hmm. if someone asks me asks me to read for them i will gladly because you know obviously they're wanting me to and i don't know you know I mean, I read tarot. I do it for a reason. I think it's fun. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is, I think it's fun. Like, you know what I mean? That's kind of, and I like some of the little meanings that are behind it and that kind of thing. So I'm not taking it like super, super seriously. You know what I mean? And I'm not basing my life mantra around a lot of these things. Yeah. You know? I think that's another thing that also like started up my dreams again. Cause in the middle of that, like in Jen and I becoming friends, she read my cards and I just was like, damn. Like that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it like the way the path that I'm on now, I'm pretty sure I'm in my third card or I'm yeah. in the middle of my second card. Yeah. And I'm, um, yeah. And I, I was, I read past, present, future and advice. So, I mean, that's right. kind of cool that you're, you know, experiencing it. Yeah. Like you feel like you're taking that and like it's able to apply to your life. Cause I mean, tarot, it is by chance. So right. it's kind of like it, it, sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't. You yeah. know what I mean? It's very up in the air. Yeah. So that's also the thing is it's not, always necessarily super accurate Mm -hmm. so i kind of will tell people like this is like cool i think that i always take some meaning from it and personally and if you want to you can but if not then it's totally cool you know i'm not going to be offended i'm not going to force it down your throat like no big bolt of lightning is going to come strike you down or whatever (laughs) you know what i mean so and it's the same with crystals like i kind of just do it because i mean also i Growing up as a kid, I was like a big rock kid. I don't know. Like I, my dad would like, we go hike and I would collect rocks and stuff, you know? So I don't know. That kind of has always been an interest to me. So I'm like, ooh, pretty rock I can buy and keep on my nightstand. And it is supposed to make me like, it's supposed to attract money into my life. That's That's pretty cool, (laughs) you know? That's actually really funny. This is really strange. But I, um, so my mom has this thing for me. She calls me a raccoon because she says that I just like to find shiny things. And um, I didn't really realize that until you just said that right now where you like, I like rocks and they'll bring fortune into my life. Um, Hades is actually the bringer of wealth. And, um, uh, like shiny things, like yeah. precious gemstones, semi-precious gemstones. So anytime that I see anything, especially like jewelry and like gems, I'm like, Ooh, like it just is like, that ah, is shiny. So but I, I think that's really funny. Yeah. I just made that connection right now. That's I just cool. wanted to share. I was like, Oh, semi-precious stones. And so I don't know. I thought that would be cool. Yeah. But, well, you know, it's just kind of like whatever meaning you want to apply to it. Sure. That's also that's, true. You know, that's, you know, it's also true. It's very personal. Religion's very personal. So, I mean, maybe it is religion. Maybe yeah. I am practicing <laughs> if I'm believing this. So, you know, if you want to apply to it, because like for me, as somebody that isn't connected with Hades like you are, I would say, OK, well, I mean, if we're looking at like evolutionary psychology, which I'm a psychology major. So as I should, as you should, um, humans, you know, in nature, in caveman days, water is shiny and sparkly and it reflects off the sun and it's one of the only things in nature that will do that so you know it's like you're attracted to shiny things because it's like water survival i love it you know that's i read that somewhere i don't know probably one of my old textbooks or something but i mean i think it exists you know 
So me being a Debbie Downer. <laughs> Ruining my vibe. Uh, yeah, my vibe. But what I'm saying I'm though like, is you apply that meaning to it. So right. like that's, it's kind of like your own thing. Cause I don't have any relationship with any Greek gods or I don't have any attachment to that kind of thing, but you yeah. do. So, you know what I mean? It's that's, just the way that he presented himself to me from like two fronts. Like I yeah. haven't met Pluto yet. Pluto's a, like a lot more emo version of Hades. Like, that's he's, like, so cool. As an I'm astronomy so, nerd. I'm so, that's so cool. I'm so lonely. He's like, I, lo- I want to be left out. But like Hades and Anubis are a lot more like stronger figures. He's kind of, it's kind of like the same big three concept of like sun, moon and rising. Yeah. Um, but that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> but the way that he presented himself to me as like Hades, the Greek god, the eldest brother of like Zeus and Poseidon and also like Anubis, you know what I mean? Which is like, I don't know. I don't know, dog. Maybe I am practicing. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. I mean, either way, you you don't need to put like a, a yourself in a box. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever you're feeling, you're feeling, you know. I'm That's... just coming to realization while we're having this conversation. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my brain like, is opening up. I didn't think up. about this before. Because I didn't. Because I wasn't talking about it. Like well, yeah. verbalizing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm just being. Like, I, I used to get called imaginative, imaginative a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so it'd be like, oh, you're just, you just have such a vivid imagination. Well, there is all that folklore that surrounds Greek mythology and everything. And, you know, it is like hollywood has amped it yeah. to be like this big dramatic like percy jackson i remember even reading that as a kid yeah and being like greek mythology is so cool yeah i love it and like now i, I like i'm not a frick like, Riordan really did it for everybody i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> i know he really did that it was a work of art but right. you know what i mean so uh you know whatever your meaning applies to it then i think that that's cool and yeah. i mean i'm not judging anybody that would put you know god or jesus or you know buddhism and buddha siddhartha and like you know put everything that meaning into their life it's whatever you feel like is right for you Mm -hmm. then you should do it you know right and yeah you know yeah the third question we will be discussing is rituals are a major part of religious practices discuss the benefits and drawbacks of using rituals in religion discuss the benefits and drawbacks of using rituals in day-to-day life I think this ties directly into what we just ended up talking initial about. Initial thoughts. Um, yes, I feel like it, w- uh, it does, yeah. My initial thoughts as someone who is um, slightly practicing with a Greek god. Um, <laughs> I I would say that, you know, rituals give purpose and they give meaning. And um, worshiping and lighting candles and making offerings and stuff like that. I feel like that, you know, deepens a relationship and makes it more valid and makes it it makes it a little bit more tangible for people who struggle with but the question though is like that ritual was created and done over time so psychologically it creates that because it's a ritual do you get what i'm saying like it's a paradox so it's kind of like because i could just light a candle and be like oh my god i'm gonna light this candle to ben because he's the owner of this podcast and we're venerating him and since it hasn't been done by people for centuries and and hundreds and hundreds of years and whatever it doesn't mean anything and it's almost like we're laughing because it's funny versus if i were to be in a room full of christian people and light a candle and say or i'm sorry catholic people and i'm lighting a candle to the virgin mary they take that seriously because it's been done for hundreds and hundreds of years and it's been said that we should venerate Mary in that way. You know right. what I mean? So that's kind of like the two sides of the coin, you know? Yes. So Devil's advocate. I know, but I'm saying that's so me. I was going to say, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of just like the standpoint I just came off of, like being ritualistic in that way. I feel like it has its benefits and its drawbacks and it's two sides of a coin. And I think that's why this question is so hard to answer. It is really hard to answer. Because Agreed. I I don't that know. That paradox exists. Well, 
coming from a Catholic perspective on this whole thing. Well, I mean, bring in the former Catholic perspective. Bring Catholic mass is literally a huge ritual. Like literally. It, it, it just is like the whole I used to be the sacristan for my high school and like setting up the whole table with the cloth and everything has a certain sacristan? place. So basically, um, there's the sacristan and I was in charge of the sacristy. I want to say that it was called the sacristy is this room. Every church has one. Every Catholic church has one. And it holds all of the goblets, the book, the um, like the I think it's called the liturgy. The book is but um, all the candles and stuff. Everything has a place and you take it out and everything's cleaned a certain way. Everything's set up a certain way. You have a certain amount of everything per how many people are going to be at this mass, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I was in charge of that my senior year of high school. And when I was being trained for it, I was told every mass is a ritual because it technically is the same exact thing for Catholic mass happens each time. And it's done in the same way. The only thing that is different is the readings that are read and the homily that the priest will give. So it's really interesting because, you know, you just go and you expect the same thing over and over again, essentially to a certain extent. But it's like, it's so meaningful because the Catholic mass was created off of like how the Bible, the Last Supper was and everything like that. So it's meaningful because you're like recreating the Last Supper. So it has to be a ritual in some sense. Right. And it's got like all this history behind it. And, you know, they speak in Latin. And you so know. what's a drawback? What's a what's a drawback of Catholic <sighs> rituals? See, the thing is, I don't know. I feel like for some people it can like lose meaning, which like, again, like in daily life, if you do the same exact thing every day, it's going to me being an existentialist philosophy ethics camus um post 19 post world war ii 1940s philosophy where everything was like super like oh my god like life is so absurd and like life is monotonous and it makes things depressing you know i guess and sometimes like doing the same thing over and over again and having a ritual for life ritual for life in quotes can make things like super depressing and just like it drones on and on and on and it's like sisyphus rolling the boulder up the hill and then being crushed by it it's yeah. like does that make you want to live life no Absolutely you know what i mean not. so it's it's just interesting that religion is essentially all about these rituals but it doesn't these people that are religious don't have that like existential dread you know what i mean yeah that's i mean that's the faith that's yeah. the faith they have in the faith they have in their God that He's going to save them. That's true. Which is, I mean, but I mean, there also can be dread in that. Like you're looking toward the end eternally. Like how I do mean, you- yeah, but when you like when you go to a Christian church and they're like, it's not that they're not afraid to die. You know what I mean? But like the 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 preaching and the the lessons that are taught is just like, oh well, God's going to welcome you with open arms. Yeah. Like you want to work to be with Him because that's going to change your life and your perspective and make it all different. Like that's the that's the um, the give and take that you get, I think, from faith. And I feel like faith has a lot to do with rituals, obviously. Because, like, I think a positive of rituals is that you feel like you're earning that spot, quote, unquote. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're working towards something for your higher power. You're well, dedicating yourself to your higher power through this ritual. Like prayer, like being Catholic, our father, it's the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And the priest is like, okay, well, you just sinned and confessed to me all this terrible stuff you did say 20 our fathers and five hail marys and now your soul is clean and you can go to heaven yeah i like, think that's such an interesting paradox about it Catholic. is so weird because it's like those prayers have been said so many times by so many different people and they're so old and it's like 
I get how it's meaningful. Obviously, I once thought it was meaningful, but now being out of that and looking at it from an objective point of view, it's like almost seems ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. what? Like, how is my, saying Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, over and over again, five times, and like that whole thing? How is How's that, that going to your soul from exactly? Because it's so base, did. and God is so supernatural and giant. You know yeah. what I mean? But and he's just like going to take that and be like, well, you're not going to go to hell. Even if you murdered somebody and you took away their life, you're not going to hell. Just, you know, yeah. pray a little more. Like that is such a concept to me. And I feel like moralistically, like in like speaking in terms of morals, um, I just don't agree with that. But I mean, it is what it I is. I mean, there's some like I, I've <laughs> like, we you know, when you're like 13 and you're in like catechism school and you're learning about confession like there's always that one kid that asks like, well, what happens if I kill somebody and then I go to the priest and I'm like, I killed somebody last week. The priest penance for you maybe. Okay, go turn yourself in. And that's where <laughs> that's, that's where, when you get screwed. Yeah, that's where things can get like morally like corrected, I guess. But like, I don't know. Like if I like cheat on my significant other, I go to my priest and I his my penance is, oh, just say 10 Hail Marys. It's like, am I as the cheater going to feel better about what I did? to my significant other you know what i mean how's that gonna make them feel yeah you, you go to them and you're like hey just want to let you know i cheated on you a week ago but i went to the i went to the priest he told me to say 10 hell marys and like my soul is clean now yeah and i like, think we've we're discussed good. this we've discussed this that like christianity it's used as a scapegoat and like these yes. rituals like everything is a scapegoat like the cleansing of the soul like because it doesn't it doesn't guarantee that your human relationships and your human bonds are clear of all sin you're only clearing your sin you're you're only getting rid of that with your god you're not getting rid of that with the person that you hurt you know what i mean so if i was like yeah jenna i i killed your cat but i went to church and i prayed for it you know what i mean jenna and i are both avid cat moms so like this is very very important to both of us you're hurting my feelings right now i'm i'm sorry i love you like so like and you know ben is a cat dad i know so like we so we're we're all cat lovers in this room so i that's why i said this with impact um so if i were to be like yeah jenna i did this to luna luna's jenna's cat um i like that and but i'd be like oh but i went to the pastor and like i said 10 hell marys and he you know said that it wasn't that deep like like the, can oh my god that was uh, oh, basha just gets it he understands he's he contributing it. he's like i heard people talking about me literally he said, <laughs> i wake up but that's you know what i mean like that doesn't repair our relationship on earth our earthly relationship yeah. and if the and if and if the the basis is oh well your earthly relationships don't matter like it's only your relationship with god like, how are you supposed to live life to your fullest? You're just through God? Well, and I think also we're omitting the fact that Christian, at least since we're talking about Christian religion mostly in this discussion, Christian religion is supposed to be like the loving of each other too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that necessarily would happen, but I mean, it definitely is possible that it would happen. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, I don't know. It's kind of like, there. I know that there's some talk where like when i was in youth group and there would be like disagreement between two people they would have a mediated discussion like with the priest yeah so like that is like another thing that would happen because the priest is supposed to be in like you know a parish it's he's supposed to be like the pipe direct not direct pipeline to god but like the figurehead like he's supposed to represent jesus in that sense you know what i mean so i mean holiness yeah yeah so it makes sense but i mean also like 
ritualistically speaking like it is a very bizarre concept and i mean all religions have some sort of ritual and like like uh, my friend mason was saying he was talking to us about rituals he just read the power of myth by joseph campbell and he was saying that when you're practicing a ritual you're performing a ritual you're living a myth which is a quote of joseph campbell but i don't know i what do you think about that like that you're living a myth when you're practicing a ritual you know what i mean that's an interesting in terms of marriage it was very interesting to hear him talk about it because i'm definitely like i want to get married person but i want to get married because not for like god and i want to have a union in front of god or something yeah i want to get married because i want to celebrate my love with that other person with my family you know what i mean the family and my friends and i want everybody to be like oh my god look at them wish them happy you know what i mean happy tidings and And stuff like that we were talking about with marriage that like when you perform the ritual of marriage and then you have kids, like it creates stigma that like those kids are more meaningful and then it when generates- in wedlock. Yeah, versus like kids in wedlock and people that were born, you know- Quote with, unquote bastard children as they're known. Yeah, or like people that were born and their parents are married, like it creates stigma there. And like, why is it that? Because of the ritual question mark? Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. It's the same coin that we were talking about is religion positive or negative? I feel like rituals, since you are like quote unquote living a myth and myths are, religions are based off myths essentially. Like it is that same two-sided coin, like with every positive, maybe there is a negative. You know what I mean? Like are rituals healthy? I mean, in terms of daily life, I would say no, because I, to do the same thing at the same time of day over and over and over again, like too much of it would be, unhealthy but i think maybe doing something like once a week might if you enjoy it but even then like is it a ritual if you enjoy it necessarily? as someone who went to mass every single morning at 5 45 do you feel like it lost oh, meaning yes. to you over time see the thing is is i was so avidly like i love jesus like <laughs> <laughs> um i don't really like i don't think so i don't know like I did it a lot. I don't know if I did it because I, one, felt like I had to. That's another aspect of right. it. It's like you do these things because you're told that you should. But it was like, did you wake up? Was you wake up at 5 a.m. when your alarm went off and you were like, I'm so excited to go devote myself to Jesus every single morning when you Dude, went to mass? Dude, I was like really deep in that. <laughs> I so was yes. deep. I mean, see, it was a while ago. So I want to say, yeah, just because I was like crazy. But like, you know what I mean? Uh, not crazy. I don't want to say crazy, but like, you know, I was really deep in that. Jenna was so Catholic that she thought was, she was going to be a nun. Yeah, I was pretty Catholic. Bro. As an example, so, not me stealing your example and introducing it. No, it's okay. I don't, it's, you know, my, everyone that knew me then knew it was like common knowledge, I guess. It was like a running joke. So you're fine. That's also literally what Jenna says when she's like, yeah, I was super Catholic. I was yeah, I use that as like a, like introductory. It's, it's so like extremist that I'm like, yep. That because was now me. she's emo and listens to Pierce the Veil and I know. has pink hair. So crazy. I so. listen to like emo screamer music. But um Pierce yeah. the Veil's not even screamo. <laughs> but um anyway, back to the ritual thing. But yeah, like, you know what I mean? It's like you're doing because someone told you you had to. So do you even want to do it essentially? Maybe daily life, it's like if you actually want to do it, it's not considered a ritual then. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like Ben has this podcast. He did takes a lot of his free time to his podcast. Would this be considered ritualistic? No, because he likes it and no, it, you know, no one's telling him he has to do it. Maybe that's what the ritual whole thing is, is since so many people have done it before that society tells you you have to do it. Like marriage. We're talking about Mace, uh, with Mason on marriage. Marriage is also like for other people. It's not just for you and your spouse. 
or you and your partner. Because if you elope, God forbid, because your parents don't get to be there and your family doesn't get exactly. to be there and it's like a really big deal. Exactly. So it's it's for society and it's, you know, it promotes something. It's for societal pressure. Yeah. They, that's another thing is it's, and in like, you know, religious rituals, it's like for that religious community you're in. Right. Like all together maybe, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It's very interesting. I mean, it's like us listening to the same one song that we listen to yeah, every single but like time we're together. Enjoy that though. But that's like not, I like, was just you know using I mean? that as like a ritual. Yeah. I like mean, we it's very do true. that. It's like a Jen and I hang out, we listen to one song and we like go, we like vibe. We like mosh hard. in my car yeah. to this song. Mosh in her car, mosh in my car, blow out my speakers even more. Like yeah. every single time we listen to this one song and it's just like silence other than me and Jenna screaming the words. Like we don't talk. Yeah. Like, but it's like a, it's like a thing. We It's two minutes and 30 seconds of me and Jenna time where we just, you know what I mean? And so I can't even tell if that's ritualistic because we want to do it, but it's just something that happens every single day. Yeah. Not every day, but every time we hang out. Yeah. So like, what's the threshold then of like, okay, well, you have to pass this threshold. Well, no for one's it telling to be, us. That's what I'm saying though, is like, do you create that meaning yourself? Like we're at like the threshold where I'm in your so. daily life, it becomes a ritual and it is a Def, like a definitive ritual that you're performing would, you know what i mean like versus like ben with this podcast like it's his hobby are hobbies rituals then because like whenever you have free time you're like oh my god i'm gonna do that because the threshold where you do something every day but you enjoy it and it's not a ritual versus like okay when does it become a ritual you know what i mean like when is does it when that someone's telling you to do something or was it was something yeah because in religion it definitely is someone's telling you to do something whether it's god or the people that you're in that religious community with like right. there is like some type of like societal motivation even like marriage like since it is a religious i guess it started out as like a religious thing you know what i mean essentially i don't know did it uh, yeah it did it had some religious intent pretty sure yeah because yeah. they were like oh union of god blah 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 yeah so um i don't know that's that's kind of like where i'm kind of like i don't know there's a gray area here because it's like daily life it can be ritualistic but it's only ritualistic i guess if you're not enjoying it maybe or if you're not doing it like if it's not self-motivated you know what i mean that's kind of you know because i mean ben wouldn't consider the podcast a ritual because it's his hobby and he enjoys it Ooh. Is a cup of coffee a ritual in the morning is the producer's question. Uh, yeah, ben. I say yes. Okay, the thing is though is me bi- like biologically at this point I am dependent, dependent on it. Like I need it. Like if I don't I will feel ill all morning. Yeah, you know what I mean? Cuz I'm just so far into like the coffee hole. It's like if I so I work super early in the morning, but if I don't have coffee by if I don't have coffee by like 4.30, 4.45, my body starts to like deteriorate. I don't know. This, as dramatic as it sounds, I feel like all coffee, caffeine dependent people. really bad. Yeah. Like it's like my body is just like I move slower. I'm just not on top of things. Like I'm just not at like a point to, you know, contribute to my job. Yeah. And so, I mean, I would think it's a ritual. Like I, it has to happen before a certain time. You know what I yeah. mean? And like I used to have monsters and Red Bull every day and I don't Ugh, drink them every day now. I could not. That um, would be s- and so now I just have like one cup of drip coffee every morning. Yeah. And I have to and I have to drink a certain amount of it or else I will not. My body will not be like, good morning. It's a good so, day. But see, maybe because it's like motivated of the self, like you like, you know that you need that coffee or you want that coffee because that if plays not, into addiction but then okay then you have to go into the whole pipe the whole pipeline like okay well is being addicted to alcohol is that ritualistic then like 
That's the question, though. That's but like the know, funny but part that's about what I'm it. Saying, though, because it's like, ca- because <sighs> coffee is caffeine dependent. That's an addiction. I know, but that's the thing, though. Is I feel like if there's no like history, like there's no like ancient reason to be doing it, it can't really be considered a ritual. You know what I mean? Like if I'm drinking coffee every morning because I want to and I need that, and no one is telling me, it, people are telling me you shouldn't drink coffee every morning. It's a drug. It's bad for you. But I'm still doing it anyway. It's not like society is telling me like drink coffee every morning. You so should. So that's the differentiation is the fact that it needs to be based off of an ancient principle that has been practiced yeah, thousands to of be, years before. Yeah, and that's, that's why the difference it's so between prominent. a ritual and a just a hobby or like an everyday thing you do yeah routine 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 yes well that that, that's also maybe where that definition then comes from like when you're living out a ritual you're participating in a myth is that what i said yeah yes. the joseph campbell quote because yeah. i mean like if mason i'm drinking yeah that's what mason said shout out mason love you bro go but, mason yeah but if i mean if i'm drinking coffee every morning am i participating in an ancient myth no no <laughs> you know what i mean i'm just like addicted you're to caffeine american, yeah. american capitalism yes but that's I feel like I agree with that Joseph Campbell quote then quite a bit. I mean, from what we've talked about, it seems that that is the consensus here. You know what I mean? And I mean, all religion has come from some form of myth or folklore, everything in between. Ancient. Yeah. So you know, I I would say that that is a good definitive answer. Scientology is science. See, the thing is, is I know nothing about Scientology except like the celebrities in LA use it, and they like spend a lot of money on it and it's in like these really big buildings so scientology is like a super monetized version of the catholic church in a, in a nutshell that's kind of how i personally view it um not in the way of like religion and practicing but in the way of it being like a monetary machine like scientology is so money-based and they create these like they write these books every single year that you have to buy to be a member of like that church and if you don't buy the Mm. books every year then you're like considered a lesser member of the church and so like it's just yeah there's certain levels that's their ritual then is buying the books it's not it's not a ritual but it's it's like a thing that you have to it's like a status thing like scientology is way more based on status than it is on anything else that's why the celebrities are doing it yeah and so like leah remini she was in scientology she was a practicer of scientology um years and years ago when she was like acting on tv yeah and um she just she has a show where she talks about it and she was like i was brainwashed they send you to these camps where you have to go like worship god and but it's not worshiping like you're just there with other people that's so strange you know what i mean and you get sent to like these camps in the middle of bumfuck nowhere and it's just this building with all these people these scientologists essentially um wait so like okay i'm so sorry i'm lot what do they believe do they believe in god xenu is the name of the god in scientology xenu dictator of the galactic confederacy that sounds like star trek star wars i mean that makes sense i guess if it's like based off fiction like why it would be a hollywood it's very similar to the church of latter-day saints the mormon church because the mormon church you know what i mean they have that whole scandal with their own book and what's his face making the book finding the book but then he just wrote a random book. oh um oh god i don't remember his name i don't you know who i'm talking about though, yeah right? i do know who you're talking about yeah yes. i had a teacher in high school who was um a member of the church of latter-day saints and he basically explained everything to me and how he believed and i was like whoa that's crazy and he was like yeah i went to byu and i i've only had sex with my wife and i've only done this and i had just come out i didn't even come out i wasn't like I'm gay. But I was dating a girl, my yeah. ex. And um, yeah. he was like, what did he say to me? It was so interesting. 
because I was like, does it make you uncomfortable that I'm in here with my girlfriend? And he was like, it's not that it makes me uncomfortable. He was like, I just don't want you guys to like get married because I don't believe that you guys should get married. He was like, and wow. I, he was like, I don't think you guys should sleep together either. Like, I think that's like a bad thing for you to do. Yeah. And he was like, as long as you guys aren't all over each other in my classroom, he was like, I don't really have like a huge problem with it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, but your marriage would be like really invalid to me. And he was like, I don't hate you guys as people. He was like, I like you guys individually. And he was like, but I'm not, like I'm not about you guys being together yeah. long term and stuff like that. Well, and, yeah. And even going back to rituals, like it sucks because it's like rituals are so like it's just like heteronormative. Yeah, exactly. Like that's a whole other LGBTQ not, conversation. Exactly. Like it's not they're not diverse at all. Like, you know, and then the ones that aren't that haven't been widely accepted are put down like there's the whole uh, the whole myth that like the world is on a turtle and the turtle is just like walking through. I don't oh god i don't know what exactly but basically the main concept is that like we're on the back of a turtle like the world is on the back of a turtle and we're just like moving through time and space i'm want to say and i know that the there's people that believe it like first nations people in canada for sure i know that they believe it which like cool to them it, and it was like interesting to hear different takes and stuff but like i know that that's one but since that that's that's not widely accepted it's, it's like, like finding nemo yeah exactly and it plays into the whole thing of how religious religions can be homophobic misogynistic because i mean also if you look at like creation stories and all of these religions they're all like about the damnation of women essentially yeah. like eve and adam and eve eve ate the fruit i don't know what other ones are but like oh um like pandora's box yes yeah like that's another one too where it's like that's a myth or yeah. like a f- it's always based on the woman's downfall and exactly. like athena and medusa and athena and um she's a spider goddess now arachnid I think oh is her name. okay well um yeah the name would make sense yeah and so she was like athena created the first spider from this lady well not the first spider yeah but she turned her into a spider into mm-hmm. a weaver for life because she was like i can weave better than athena and athena was like bullshit and um they had a competition and the the, the human weaver won and athena was like i'm mad <laughs> and and turned her into a, a giant yeah. spider who eats people hmm. so it is pretty cool and then Athena, not Athena. Yes, Athena screwed over Medusa as well. Mm. Um, and it's just like women on women. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Medusa was worshiping Athena and she was going to her temple every day and giving her offerings. And Poseidon was like, Medusa was one of the most beautiful women in mm-hmm. all of Greece. And Poseidon was like, you're really fine. And Medusa was like, and what about it? Like, I'm not interested. Like, I'm, she was yeah. celibate. Leave me alone, and dog. She, yeah. She yeah. was like, I just want to go devote myself to Athena. And she went and worshiped and athena's temple all the time and he was like you're more beautiful than athena like get with me blah 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 mm-hmm. and um they'd already had previously athena and poseidon have like a lot of beef and so after like he said that athena was just super annoyed so poseidon forced himself on medusa inside of athena's temple and oh, raped her that's terrible at the altar in athena's temple and like medusa was begging athena she was like please like save me help me yeah like i don't want this to happen like i'm here for you and athena was like fuck you and your coach like she <laughs> she just kind of like let yeah. it go by you that's know what terrible I mean? and so after it happened like poseidon up and left obviously and he was like screw you athena i just you know raped yeah. this lady in your temple and um he left and medusa was like still on her knees to athena and was like begging her and was like i don't like i don't ever want this to happen again i'm so sorry i don't know what i did to deserve this and athena gave her a head full of snakes and you know 
turning people yeah. into stone as a power because she was like, oh, well, never, no one's ever going to look at you again. And then punished her. And so that's the whole thing yeah, of women it, like, on women crime. It's creating crime. stigma. You know what I mean? Just, or it's perpetuating stigma. Yeah, like, that women need to be mean to each other. And that's the thing about women yeah, being catty. It stinks because it perpetuates religions today to have those faults and to be non-inclusive. And it's... The damnation of women yeah. is just a, a very common thought, a common thread. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I think that that is, I mean, you got anything else you want to add or? No, I think we got, I think we yeah. wrapped that up pretty well. I mean, yeah, I would say so. This has been fun. It was you know? a really good time. I had fun. I like the prompting yeah. questions and stuff. I mean, if you made it this far, thank you. You know, I know yeah. Ben, our favorite podcast host is not here right now. He's here, but like he's not here. 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 Like he's not in the discourse. Currently. I hope we entertained you as much as he you does. Know, he's listening and making faces, but you know, <laughs> yes. but yeah. So thank you so much. Uh, this has been too vague. I'm Jenna. I'm Phoenix. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.